Amen, amen. It's good to be here. Um, we left our house about 6.45 this morning uh, to be here. So if my son tips over and falls asleep, you'll know why. I'm so, so glad to be here. Um, and I just want to say thank you first and foremost to Chase and Sarah. You guys have amazing pastors. I don't know if you know that or not. Um, I hope that you do and don't take that for granted. These guys have been um, major rocks for us to lean on um, in multiple areas of our ministry. I remember when we were in student ministry and we were at my wife's grandfather's church and I was just feeling like God was calling us to, to bring a shift or, or to shift in a different direction. And I remember meeting with Chase and I was like, man, I just don't know how to do this. I know that you've, been a, you've done this, you know, and he, he helped pray with me through that and guide me through that. And then it almost felt like we were planning churches at the same time. And, and, you know, we've got kids, uh, similar ages. So man, I just, I appreciate your pastors so much. Can we just give it up for Chase and Sarah and what they're doing and, and their leadership? So I appreciate that. But I want to talk to you this morning about burning your plows, burning your plows. Now just turn to somebody sitting next to you and say, neighbor, it's time to burn your plow. See, a lot of times we're, we're so quick to like help somebody else burn their plow, but we don't want to burn the things that are, te- that are, that are dragging us down, right? And I'm gonna be looking at uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, start at verse 19. And, um, but I want you to understand something. When we talk about this word plow, a plow isn't just a piece of equipment that's attached to a beast of burden. Like I think a lot of times when we read this scripture and we, we hear sermons about burning the plow and things like that, we automatically categorize it as something that is sinful in our life that's bringing us down or a toxic relationship that's, that's holding us back or, or tying us away from getting where we need with God. But a plow isn't always a piece of equipment that's attached to a beast of burden. Sometimes it might be a lifestyle that you're living that you need to walk away from, right? Sometimes the plow that you need to burn might be a generational curse that's been following your family for generations and generations, and you're the one today that gets to make up your mind that it's going to stop with you. Maybe it's a job that you enjoy. Wait a minute, Shane. Why in the world would God want to call me away from a job that I enjoy or that I'm benefiting from or that's paying me well or that's profiting my family and all of that? Because see, what we think, what our, our vision is sometimes skewed by where we're living and God sees a situation that's better and greater for us to walk into. And so sometimes we get to make that decision when God is calling us to greater, do we want to give up great? Or it could be a relationship that you're attached to. Have you ever, I wanna ask you a question. Have you ever felt like there was a calling on your life, but you just didn't know which way to go? Like, I think we can all agree that God has got a calling on all of us, and God is calling us to somewhere, to some place, to some time, to do something, but it's discovering that calling in our life that's sometimes difficult, right? Like. Like, I know that God's got a purpose for my life, but I don't know how to find it. Well, I hope today that I can bring some clarity into helping you find that purpose. See, I want to challenge us to leave our lives of good enough behind as we embrace a life of greater. Do you know that, that a lot of your life, sometimes stepping into those moments of greater, is more about a mindset than an actual movement? 
Like I think a lot of times we think that if we're not called into full-time ministry that God doesn't have a calling on our life. And a lot of times we would rather relegate that calling to somebody who is in full-time ministry because we think that they're called to do it and we're not. But that's not us here today, right? That's for, that's for some other people. Listen, doing greater, having greater, being greater requires sacrifice. So the question that I wanna ask you today is what are you willing to give up to move into greater? What is that thing that you're willing to say, God, I'm willing to leave it behind to go where you want me to go? In this unprecedented time, Pastor Chase was alluding to it, that we don't know what's coming tomorrow. We don't know what's gonna happen next week. Listen, can I just tell, be completely transparent? Like this whole season of, of um, racial tension, coronavirus, sicknesses, waves, masks, all this stuff has just frustrated the life out of me as a pastor. Because see, we've been in a school for three years. Schools shut down. We went into quarantine like everybody else. We did online service like most everybody else. And then when everybody gets to go back into their buildings, we went into a parking lot because our school still wasn't open yet. We went to a parking lot for a couple of weeks and, and then we had a church to reach out and said, hey, we wanna partner with you. You guys can share our space. We did that for two, we um, agreed to that. The two week window was, was um, open. We were reaching agreements and negotiations, all that kind of stuff. The week of that we were supposed to have our very first service in the church, the church pastor texts me and goes, hey, it's not gonna work out. Great. So then, you know, we're like, okay, what do we do? We go back online. And so now today is like the first day we're actually meeting in house churches. We commission leaders and, and we're just doing this thing old school style, right? And here's the thing. A lot of times as a church, you want to go back to what you've always known. Because it's familiar, it's comfortable. But the Bible says those who put their hands to the plow and look back have no place in the kingdom, right? So we're talking about burning plows, not just putting our hands to them. So today, I want you to understand that that thing that you've been dealing with, that thing that's been tying you down, that thing, that person, that, that job, whatever it is that's really just been holding you at grips, it's time to let it go. It's time to burn that thing to the ground. So look with me, if you will, 1 Kings 19, 19 through 21. It says, so Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. That's important to know. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing the 12th team. Elisha went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, first, let me go kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, go on back, but think about what I have done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to burn the fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. And then he went with Elijah as his assistant. So I want to talk to you today about three things that God wants to invite you to be a part of. And the first thing is a higher calling. So we saw in verse 19 it says Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. 
And there were 12 oxen in the field. Elijah was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah over, went to him, threw his cloak across his shoulders, and then walked away. See, most of us are not in danger of ruining our life. Most of us are in danger of doing something much more severe, wasting it. Most of us are never in danger of ruining our lives. Like we, we get afraid to make decisions that we think, man, is this, good, is this decision gonna affect my family negatively, positively? I'm gonna have to make a move. My job wants to transfer me, all of that stuff. But most of us are in danger of wasting our life instead of ruining it. Because here's the thing, Elijah wasn't searching for greater when he was invited to this higher calling. Elijah was plowing his field when Elijah's mantle met him signifying that God was calling him to a higher authority and a passion and a purpose because what we have to understand is God's callings happen in a moment that you least expect them. See, it requires your willingness to follow a person instead of a plan because here's the thing. I think so many times we as people, human beings, flesh and blood, we would rather be married to a plan than a person. But God is calling us into a relationship with his son, Jesus, to be that bride of Christ. But we would rather be married to our plans and our processes rather than his purpose for our life. Why? because we can strategically map out plans. We can strategically line up processes. We know if it fits in this bucket, it's gonna go to this bucket and this one and this one and this one and here's the result that we should get. So if we just go over here, pop it into this slot, we're gonna get this result. But a lot of times, God doesn't work that way, does he? A lot of times, God is just calling you to a relationship that says, trust me. Trust me and see what I can do through you. But we're so married to our plans, and a lot of us do this. We will walk around and we will pray, God, fill me with your purpose. God, give me your purpose. Show me, reveal to me. And then we turn right around and say, but God, here's my plan for that purpose. Here's the way I'm going to organize it. Here's the way I'm going to categorize it. And we start moving into the flesh when God is calling us to abandon the flesh. So we got to be prepared Got to be prepared. God is inviting some of us to escape that scenario of defeat and negativity and material possessions that we've been so bogged down with all of our life, just trying to keep up with everybody else around us. And here's the thing, Elijah could have gone back to his unfulfilled life of plowing, to kicking up that dust to shoveling that dung. And listen, about three weeks ago, I preached a message completely about shoveling poop. And it was about this right here. When you are attached to this beast of burden and you don't wanna let it go and you just continue to shovel the same pile after pile after pile, day after day after day, and God's saying, listen, if you just let it go, you wouldn't have to do that anymore. But some of us are more comfortable in the dust and the dung than we are with his destiny for our life. There was so many of us that we would rather resort back to a life of what we know, comfort and complacency. Listen, we would rather go back to what we know than where God is calling us now. Like, I see so many churches saying, well, you know what, it's, I'm glad we get to go back into the building. I just want things to return back to normal. Listen, guys, I don't want normal. I want his new. I want a new beginning. I want something fresh. Because see, when we resort back to what we've always known, 
God can't use us to something new. He can't lead us into something new. See, a lot of times, listen, God will have to downgrade your vicinity to upgrade your vision. What do I mean by that? Like sometimes that job that you just lost, sir or ma'am, may not be the devil's attack on your life. It may have been God saying, listen, you are worshiping your job more than me and I need to get it out of the way so that you can see where I wanna take you. So listen, not everything you go through is an attack from the devil. We gotta stop giving the devil so much credit, church. We do a great job of saying, oh, the devil is just wearing me out. The devil is wearing me out. No, 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 I think if a lot of us would just start saying yes to God, an open-ended form of obedience to say, yes, God, whatever you want, I'll do it. Rather than say, man, this oppression, this life, Whatever, what I'm dealing with, I lost my job or, or my kids are acting up, all this stuff. Sometimes God has to stir the pot in your life because it's been way too settled and stale. Look at where Elijah found Elisha. Plowing a field, being content, being consistent. And we have no record of Elijah ever confessing that this was what he was looking for or what he was praying for. But it said that he was plowing the 12th team. Now we could easily just skip over that and so say, oh yeah, yeah, well they had 12 team and Elijah just happened to be plowing that last one. But no, 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 God, when he does anything and everything, when he moves, it's with intentionality and purpose. God sent Elijah to find Elisha plowing the 12th team and the number 12 in the Bible signifies God's power and authority over your life. And so he said, Elijah, go and find Elisha and put your mantle, put your cloak over him. And that was significant and indicative of God saying, I'm passing the authority and the power that I placed in your life on somebody to carry it forward. See, guys, if we're not finding people to carry the vision forward, then we're going to die. We're soon to die. And I want to tell somebody who feels like giving up, maybe you're on that 11th team of oxen, and you're going to work day in and day out, and you're attached to that beast of burden. Now, wives, don't be elbowing your husbands right now. But you feel like giving up. You're, you're just wanting to throw in the towel. Maybe your marriage is on the rocks, it's on the, it's on the fringes, and you've been just trying to do everything you can to keep it together, and you're like, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm sick of doing this. Maybe this whole coronavirus and this tension in this season, everything's just gotten you all discombobulated and, and disoriented in your mind, and you're like, I'm just sick of it. I'm ready to end it all. I'm ready to throw it in. But stay consistent. Stay the course. What would have happened if Elijah said, I don't want the 12th team. I want the first team. I don't want the 12th team. I want the 17th. That's God's perfect number. I don't want the 12th team. That's last. I want the 8th team because that's God's number of new beginnings. I want something spiritual. And see, this is what we do. We relegate ourselves to become so hyper-spiritual that when God sends us into a mission that seems mundane, that he wants to move us forward in, we start saying, God, this, is, this can't be your will. God, this can't be your plan for me. I know you called me to something greater, but what if his greater in you is just simply finding a passion and a purpose of where you are? Stay consistent. Stay the course. Don't give up. Because see, you might feel insignificant in what you're doing right now, but God sees exactly where you are and he knows where he wants you to go.
So keep dreaming big, but you might have to start small. The second thing that God invites you to be a part of is a deeper surrender, a deeper surrender. In verses 20 through 21, it says, Elijah left the oxen standing there. Elijah left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah, said to him, first, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. And Elijah replied, go back, but think about what I've done to you. So Elijah, Elisha returned to his oxen, slaughtered them. He used the wood and the plow to build a fire, roast their flesh, pass, it, pass the meat around the townspeople, and they all ate. And then he went with Elijah. See, here's the thing. When Elijah, Elisha accepted God's invitation to a greater life, he left nothing for himself to go back to. Like I think a lot of us do that whenever we leave a job we'll make sure that our position over here is secure enough that if it doesn't work out over here, that we can go back there. Or if I move to a different location, if, if this doesn't work out here, then I can move back. Or, you know, a lot of times parents will call their kids when they move out, boomerang kids, you know, because you just throw them out, but they tend to come right back. Well, I'm just going to rebuke that before it happens. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's just the thing. Like, we all want to know that if it doesn't work out here, then it'll be secure back here where I came from. We don't want to be stepping into a place of unknown and uncertainty and having to rely completely on God. We say we do, but in reality, we want to make our own plan in our own way and say, God, if it works out, then I'll give you the glory. But if it doesn't, I'm going back. But what happens when you burn your plow and slaughter your oxen and you have nothing to go back to? What happens when you sell that house and somebody else is inhabiting it and you can't go back? What happens when you don't just quit your job, but you lose your job, you get fired from your job or the plant dissolves and, and goes away? Now you have nothing to go back to. Listen, we've got to make up our mind that we're going to burn our plows because everything in our past represents good enough, but God wants to take you to greater. And here's the thing. What is that point of personal conviction that you have to walk away from? See, I said earlier, we talk about burning plows, but it may not always be something sinful that's tying you down. Maybe it's something that God wants to change in your life. There may not be anything wrong with what you need to give up, but what you choose to give up can determine whether you go up or go down, whether you stay stale or start moving to a new situation. For me, I had to give up a lot of stuff, and one of the things that really is a passion for me is music. I've been in music since I was in fifth grade. I was in the band. I learned how to play instruments. Uh, um, I learned how to, well, I didn't learn, but uh, God just gave me a gift to sing. And I, you know, have these um, instruments. I was in uh, another band, like a rock band, when I was in my Wild Oats days. You know, that's another story. But music has been like a, such a passion for me. And I listen to all kinds of music. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the music you listen to, whether it's, you know, country, rock, rap, R&B, jazz, whatever the case may be. But I'm saying for me, I reached a point in my life to where I was tired of repeating the same cycle over and over again. And I reached a point and I said, God, take me to another level. Take me to a deeper place with you. Grow me. Do something in me that you've never done before. 
And God revealed to me that I was allowing the wrong voices to influence my life. And it was through my music. And so I had to go and take my entire CD collection. And for any of you Gen Zers, yes, those things are real. We used to ride in our car with them stuck in our visor, trying to stay between the lines, flipping through our CDs, trying to figure out which one we wanted while we kept from hitting the car coming at us. Y'all remember that? Come on now. (laughs) Those are good old days. But see, I had to take all of those things and I had to break them and trash them. And the reason that I had to break them off of my life is because I knew that if I just laid them down, I'd be more apt to go pick them back up and put them right back in. And God didn't want me to just lay something down and pick it back up later on when I, you know, when my emotions stopped running high or my feel good moment, you know, because that's the way we do. We have those feel good, hyper spiritual moments in the presence of God. But then when God wants to activate it outside of that, that hyper spiritual feel good moment, then we start going, God, this doesn't feel the same anymore. The honeymoon's over. I burned my plow for you, God. Why am I having to go through this trial in this situation? God, I thought you were calling me to greater. He said, I am. But it's just not gonna look like what you thought it was gonna look like. So I had to break it. And I had to trash it. So the question I wanna ask you is, what are the plows that God wants you to burn? Only you can answer that. What are those plows that God wants you to burn? Are they dependencies? Maybe it's not drugs or alcohol. Maybe you're sitting there going, Shane, I don't have any dependencies, but maybe it's the medication that you're dependent on that you should have stopped weeks ago, months ago, or even years ago. But it just keeps fulfilling and numbing a pain that's no longer a physical pain, but an emotional pain. And now you've got a dependency. That plow is tying you down. Maybe it's a way of thinking. Maybe it's a mindset that everything that in your mind is grim and bleak and despair and woe is me. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's resentment. Maybe it's something that somebody said to you last week or last month and you've been holding on to it for so long and God's saying, I need you to burn that bitterness today. But God, it feels too good to hold on to that. Maybe it's excuses. Maybe God's been stirring some things in your life for so long and you just make excuse after excuse after excuse about why you can't serve, why you can't help that person. Well, Shane, I don't know what they're gonna do with that money when I give it to them. It's not up to you. Well, Shane, there's just so many unknowns. Yeah, that's the part where faith steps in and says, I'm gonna trust God regardless of how I feel about the situation because God just wants open-ended obedience. Your answer is yes. The question is, God, where, when, why, how, what? You just say yes. There was a phrase that came about called the point of no return. And it came from a man named Hernan Cortez in the year 1519 that set sail with his crew to Veracruz, Mexico. And upon arrival, Cortez's men saw this insurmountable feat of exploration and conquering that they had to do. And they thought, okay, well, if this doesn't work out, then we have these hopes that we can return back to our old life. But Cortez had another thought in his mind. 
How can I keep these men from having hope of returning back to a life they used to know? So he ordered the men to burn their ships. Burn their ships. Can you imagine being on Hernan Cortez's crew and you're like gun-ho, you're like trails ablaze, and yeah, let's do this, but by five o'clock I'm getting off, I'm going home to my wife and kids. And he comes and it says, burn the, burn the ships, burn everything. We're gonna blaze this trail, we're gonna move this vision forward. See, that feels uncomfortable to us right now. Some of y'all are thinking, man, I, I couldn't get on board with that. But that's where God is calling you to go. It's time to burn those plows. And the same, the same blaze that set those ships afire was the same blaze that pushed them forward into a vision that they couldn't even see yet, that there wasn't even a reality, there wasn't even a picture of. But they just had to trust that who they were following knew better than them. So I wonder, do you trust the one who sees the picture when you don't, when he calls you to greater, when he calls you to surrender, when he calls you to sacrifice. John 14 and 12. says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. This is Jesus talking. And even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. See, sometimes I think that we misconstrue this message to mean that we're going to do greater quality works than Jesus. But last time I checked, man, creating the world and raising the dead was like as great as it's going to get. But Jesus said, listen, in your life, you'll have greater opportunities to do more than I've ever been able to do. I'm on, I started this ministry three years ago, but now my time is up and it's time for you to carry the torch. It's time for you to carry the vision. It's time for you to blaze the trail. So listen, Legacy Church, there's trails that are unblazed. There's forest with trees grown miles high. There's people in this community that need that love of Jesus that need that implantation and infusion of a gospel that says it's a good news for you today to meet your Savior, to walk in the presence of God. So the question is, are you gonna see people as that opportunity? Or are you gonna see them as the opposition to get where you wanna go? Accepting this invitation to greater starts with a decisive break with everything tying you down to that life of good enough. Why don't you stand with me today? Listen, if God takes you from something, here's the thing that we do. God starts taking us away from things, removing things from our life, subtracting people from our life, and we start going... God, what are you doing? He goes, you prayed for greater. Yeah, but I didn't pray for it to happen like this. Church, we have to be okay with saying, God, however you want to do it is fine with me. God, if you need to subtract people from my life, 
if you need to subtract a job from my life, if you need to subtract this, if you need to subtract that, because God is all about helping you grow. And listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be straight up honest with you. When God called us to plant our church three years ago, there was a lot of subtraction that happened in our life. I lost a job, I lost a house, we lost money, we lost vehicles. And at some point you start going, God, how much more is left for you to take? And God says, I need to get you to a place where you learn how to surrender and stop worshiping the stuff that's keeping you comfortable. And church, I think there's some people in here today in a room like this that need to experience that surrender to where you've just been on the fringe of this thing called Christianity and a relationship with Jesus. And you've just been testing the waters and kicking the tires and, and waiting to see what happens and, and waiting to see what the church does in all of this. But today's your day. Because I guarantee you, you do not want to ask God how much more are you going to take? Because there are times when God says, this person in your life needs to go. This person in your life needs to go. This thing needs to go. This thing needs to go. Because it sounds really cool when Elijah approached Elisha and threw his mantle and threw his cloak around him. And it sounds really super spiritual that he would burn the plow and leave it all behind. But see, that plow for Elisha was a way of life. It was his income, it was his means. It was a thing that he depended on to get him through, to get him by. So for someone today, this is your point of no return. This is your point where God is saying, it's time to burn that plow. That plow that's in your past, that you've been holding on to, that you've been growing comfortable with, that, that keeps putting you in the same ruts, in the same rows, day after day after day, that keeps making you absolutely miserable and tired and angry and grumpy. It's time to burn it. Don't just let it go. It's time to burn it. And the way that you burn that is completely surrendering your life to Jesus. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to tell somebody this morning that it might surprise you that God has been waiting your entire life for this moment. God has been waiting your entire life for this moment. This is why Jesus put you on this earth. This is why Jesus came. He preached, he paid the price, and he rose again for this moment right here because he knew that at an 815 service in the middle of, an epidemic, of a pandemic, 
and uncertainty that you would walk into Legacy Church and you would find a path back to Him from burning your plow. So God, I just wanna spend this moment, Lord, praying for that person that's about to make a decision towards you. God, would you just arrest their heart right now? Just arrest their heart right where it is. God, maybe they have questions, maybe they have doubts, maybe they have insecurities about letting themselves go, letting the past go. Maybe they even think that they're not good enough. God, maybe they come in here week after week thinking this is not for me because I gotta get my life in order. Listen, friend, you will never be able to get your own life in order. God is giving you the opportunity in wiping away all opposition. He's broken down every barrier so that you could surrender your life to him today. So I just want to ask you as we worship, if that's you, if you say, Shane, that's me. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I can't go another moment. I need to know that if I left this walk of life, if I died today, that I would spend eternity with Jesus. If that's you, while we worship, I'm just going to ask that you just Get out of your seat and come to the altar. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, if you wanna stay right where you are, that's fine. We'll have a prayer in just a moment, but I just wanna, I just wanna open this up to anyone who wants to make that commitment to Jesus today. Come on, let's worship, church.